Hi, my beautiful people. This is Spill With Me, Jenny D. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so excited. I've been wanting to do this for so long. I'm giving you a real big hug right now. I don't know if you can feel it, but I'm giving you this big hug because I feel like everybody needs a hug or a, hey, you're doing great or you look nice or just compliment each other. I mean, see, I felt like I needed to start this because I've been running into so many people that just want to talk about their life experiences, the relationships or like any story they needed to share. This could be something magical or something they wanted to share, but they're afraid of what others would think, me included. Or if you're hurting inside or have a funny story about life lessons you'd like to talk about, I would love for you to reach out. This could be the worst or your best times. Listen, I have some good topics. We're going to have a lot of fun because I believe the best medicine is to talk about it because someone else is dealing with the same shit. Hi, my beautiful people. Thank you so much for joining me with another episode of Spill With Me, Jenny D Podcast. I'm here with my new guest today, Lynn. Lynn and I met kind of online. We had a friend actually connect us together. Lynn has a story that she would like to share. Lynn, I'm so glad you're here, and I really appreciate you. you sharing this story with us. Can you give the listeners a little bit about what we're going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about the fact that I lost my son, Jordan, just over two years ago to colorectal cancer. Uh, That was devastating for my entire family, uh, as would be expected. And in working through my grief, I believe that I have found my purpose in end-of-life work. And as I say to Jordan all the time, because I speak to him all the time, that my transformation will be his legacy. I love it. Now, bring us back, hon. Um, I hope you don't mind if we talk about a little bit about his journey and how mm-hmm. you found out and just a little bit about maybe it could help somebody else out there that may be going through this or may not know they even have it. So um, bring us back to that uh, day where he actually didn't realize he had it or had or already realized he had it. It was on, my husband and I had celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary. <clears throat> And we had gone to Mexico to celebrate that, and that was at the end of September. Uh, When we came back, my husband's birthday, his 60th birthday, was on October 6th, and we had a big party at our house. Um, Jordan and his wife, Anna, and little Rowan. Rowan was five months old at that point. This is his son? His son, five months old at that point came to the party and he happened to just mention that uh, he was having some issues and that uh, he was going to be going to have a colonoscopy that the doctor recommended. How old was he? 29. 29. So at 29, though, you don't think the guys get a colon colonoscopy? You don't. And thank goodness for his doctor. I don't know his doctor's name because most doctors say, oh, you have IBS, you have this, you have right. that. And they really do not uh, authorize or send yes. people for colorectal cancer screening, a colonoscopy. Uh, They happened to send Jordan, and his appointment was on November 9th. What was his symptoms, Lynn? I'm sorry. Uh, You know, he really didn't share an awful lot with us. There was some weight loss. I think he was having bowel issues. Okay. uh, Just not feeling good, so he knew that that something was wrong. Okay. You know your body. You do. So he went in on November 9th, and it was a Friday. And I was in between schools for my everyday job. 
And I was actually getting ready to head to uh, South Park High School to work with a class there. And it was about 12.30, and he called me. And we had been joking the day before about the prep because that really is the worst part. It is the worst The part. colonoscopy. Oh, yes. And we were joking about that, and I was texting him that morning and saying, you know, hope everything goes all right and, and can't wait to talk to you afterwards. And I was getting in the car to go to South Park High School, and he called, and the words that he said to me were, Mama, they found a mass. And that is when my whole world just tilted our I mean, what, our entire world. Did just you have to? I mean, I would probably stop the car and just I don't know. How did you? Oh, I did. I called South Park and I was frantic and I said I'm not going to be able to make it today. I called my husband and I said you need to come home. We need to figure out what's going yes. on. And we headed over to Jordan and Anna's and we were all just dumbstruck and numb at the news and that's when everything started with the uh, going to the different doctors the oncologist getting staged he was diagnosed at stage four right from the beginning oh my god you mean at the colonoscopy the uh, radiologist who no it was after it was after in fact when he they could not even get the scope in Oh. Um, and so at that point, oh they Oh, my called, gosh, the blockage was so... That yes, mass was that big. Yes. They called the doctor to come in and immediately do a biopsy, um, and he they they didn't waste any time getting him hooked up with oncology and testing and, and all of that sort of <sighs> well, stuff. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's stage four. Yeah, you want to get this going now. Absolutely. Yes. And this does not run in your family? It does not. Okay, so like, yeah, that's the, my biggest thing is too. Like, you know, you think about all these different cancers out there, and you think, okay, well, maybe because it runs in our family, he should get. But thank God, his doctor told him to get the colonoscopy. Oh, because that's so unusual. I right. think there's so much credit for that doctor, even uh, though Jordan did not survive. That doctor was proactive enough and listened to him right. and sent him for the test. Right. So tell us now. So you had to go to how many different doctors? Was there a lot of? He went to he went to an oncologist where they staged it, and as I said, he was stage four. Then they did all kinds of tests. They figured out what the the best approach was for this. They installed a port uh, because they did start him on um, a chemotherapy okay. regimen. And he did that. So the port was like in his chest. In his chest. Mm-hmm. Okay. The port was in his chest. What does that do? Is that that ke- is that chemo actually? That's so they can put the chemo in there. They don't have to use an IV to put okay. the IV into your arm. You've got the port and the med- the medicine is still is that right new? Is that been around? It's been around. It's been around. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it, it's been around. So he w- was he able to do things. He was. Okay. He was. It, that was not really obtrusive at all, the port. Right. Um, they would have to flush it and do all kinds of things like that just for maintenance, but it really was not bothersome to him. And, okay. And how long did he have this port? Uh, he had it until he died. Okay. And so he, I hate to say this, but he was suffering for how long, Lynn? He was just, it was, uh, he was technically diagnosed and staged in December uh, of 20. 20- 18 and he died uh, in March, March 8th of 2021. So just over. Oh my gosh. Two so, years. So he went through the chemo and he went through all that. Did they say anything like, uh, did they find more or did they shrink it? Well, they did. They they were able to shrink it, and he was able to have surgery. He had surgery to remove the mass in uh, December. And they removed the mass. He came out and he had a temporary ostomy 
the bag outside of the the body right. that collects the waste. Yes. And we actually had some fun with that. He could make some really fun yeah. noises and stuff with yeah. that. So we tried to find the humor as right. much as we could. I totally understand. But he had the ostomy. Okay. Um, he when he went back in for the reversal. We assumed everything was good. Uh, the same surgeon who did the initial surgery performed the ostomy reversal. So when you say reversal, um, uh, what does that mean? You close that off. You take the bag out. He now uses his bowels and everything okay. else. To, that goes back to normal. Okay. So he uh, he went back in for that surgery for the reversal. And when we were in the waiting room, when the surgeon came out, he said, yep, we're good. Everything looks good, except I don't know what those spots on his liver are. What? He had spots on his liver. So they didn't see that from the get-go? No, no. They didn't see that from the get-go. And liver and lungs. Liver and lungs is typically where colorectal cancer goes. I I don't know about other cancer, but I know for colorectal cancer, liver and lungs is where it goes. So his ended up in his liver and his lungs. He ended up having a fungal infection in his lung that they had to go in and and remove that. Um, But after that point, they... um, we're trying other forms of chemotherapy, other treatments. They were going to do a treatment, and I, I apologize, I don't know what the actual name of it was, but he was going to have to be in the hospital, I think, for up to six weeks, and they totally oh. wiped out his immune system. Yeah. That was the plan. And then reintroduce things. Um, he never made it to that point. He was in a clinical trial, um, and... Then in uh, January, January 23rd of um, 2021, he had his dad, and I know I apologize, it was January 26th. Um, he had his dad and I, asked his dad and I to come over, because on top of all this was COVID. So we oh couldn't see him gosh, anyway. Oh my gosh, you're right. We couldn't see him anyway. Oh, and no. I could tell in glimpses of pictures that yes. I could see him, oh, that he was losing weight and that things didn't I was I was going to say, was he able to eat anything? He was. He, you know, I think he humored us too. Right. Because our, his favorite things, what do you want us to make you? You know, we right. really like my husband's flank steak. You yes. know, things that I made. So we would try, you know. Send feed, it over. Feed the soul. We would try right. to do that. Feed the soul. And uh, he had us come over that January 26th, once again around 12.30 and I remember I walked in the house and um, Anna and Rowan were not there and Jordan was down in the basement and he had a futon and a setup down there and we came downstairs and I looked at him and I said, Jordan, I said, I'm really scared and he said there's no more that they can do there's nothing that they can do and thank you because that was that was very, very hard um, and then the very next thing he said to me, because I laid right down in bed next to him, the next thing he said to me was, promise me, Mama, that you're going to take care of yourself. Yes. Oh, my God. So that has been my, that has that, been my that mantra. Is, yes, that is your, because that's what he said to you. He said, Mom, I want you to take care of yourself. I mean, for him to have that strength and such a love for you, Lynn, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's going through that. I mean, did he come to terms with it? I mean, he just knew that he's like there's nothing else they could do but how well, do you I, ever come to terms yeah i i think i don't i don't know if he came to terms with it jordan was very angry yeah. at the end of his life very angry and and i 
I don't blame him. No, I can't. how could I'm, you not be angry? I, I know. You're, you have 28 a new wife. years old. Yeah, you have a new wife, you have a baby, you have yes. this life that you're looking forward to. And he was very angry. Um, when my husband and I would go to see him, you could just see how angry yeah, he was. He right. was just it's angry. It's not fair. Yeah, not fair. No. And he was not at all receptive to... Um, the interventions that hospice could provide. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he really did not want it. Yeah. Um, so uh, his wife and uh, his wife Anna was just truly yeah. amazing with him, the care that she provided. Um, and Jordan did. He made it until March 8th. And I spent that very last night with him. At that point, we were thinking of he, every time he would be receptive to hospice, he would pass a point of when he was falling. He was falling quite a bit. And okay. hospice brought in a walker. Well, after that, he never got out of bed. Um, okay. He was in bed. They were going to bring a hospital bed so he could be more comfortable. Once again, it was not an option because at that point he had passed. Oh um, so at the gosh. point where he was maybe a little bit receptive to having yes. hospice come in, it, it was too late. And he, um, so the very last night of his life, Anna had been taking care of him, getting up and giving his medicine every three hours. I was going to say, thank God he was taking the the medicine. He was. He was. And Anna said, we were thinking of, she said, I just need some help. I said, please let me be that help. Please let me come. So I did. I spent the very last night with him. I still have all the alarms on my watch that I had to set for every three hours to give him his medicine. And truly by uh, about six o'clock in the morning, it was obvious that he was really dying at that point. Was um, he able to talk to you at all? He, the last word that he said to me was when that afternoon of March 7th, when Anna called all of us and said, I really think we need to, you know, circle the wagons. Everybody's got to come here because I think that this is it. And he was going in and out of consciousness. And I, I just came in and I leaned in and I said, you know, honey, I'm here. And he opened his eyes and he smiled and he said, mama. And that was the last word. That he oh said, Oh my to gosh, yeah. to break my heart. Oh. <laughs> and I, but I treasure that. I honestly do. I treasure that and I keep that with me always. Oh, and so we, uh, he passed away. It was Anna and myself. Anna's mom had come over to take Rowan to her house. Um, How old was the baby? He was two and a half. Two and a half. Almost three. Yeah, he would, he turned three that June. Oh. And so, um, Anna and I, my husband and my son and his fiance at the time came over and we just spent some time with Jordan yes. until hospice got there and then they finally came and, and took him to the um, crematory and and so that's, you know, I'm glad that we had that time to spend with him. A lot of people don't realize you right. can spend time with your loved one. Right. If they're home or in the hospital, it doesn't have to be a quick action to take them out of there. You can spend time with them. So we did. We all spent a little bit of time with him and took turns going down and sitting with him. And, and yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, it, I know it. like people, talk, like you said, people do talk about that and they talk about how you're, you know, you don't get to really see who they are, but he knew you were there. He knew you were all there mm-hmm. and you were all praying for him. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, you know, I remember my stepdad was in um, hospice and it was during COVID too. And I could see in his eyes, like he, 
we were looking at each other, and I was like, I know. I know. You're going to be okay. Yeah. I know. And I think that they're more worried about us. Yes. He's worried about you. He's worried about his wife. He's worried about, you know, he wants everybody to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. So tell us now, Lynn, after, you know, when you go through something like this, and this is what else I talk to hospice about, is the grieving after you lose somebody in your life, a lot of times there's no therapy or there's no, maybe support groups out there. Right. You need that extra time for yourselves to just heal and be able to know that you did everything you could, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So what did you do after all this has happened to you and your son, your husband? Oh, after all of this, well, for the first couple of weeks, uh, just going through the motions, yeah. just going through the motions, helping Anna clean out the house, helping, um, just helping the family, all, all of us supporting each other and holding us up. Right. each other up um, you know grief is a never ending journey I know that I will never it will lessen it will soften right. it will become uh, less in the forefront of my, my brain but it's always going to be there and I never know when it's going to take me under one of those waves because right. it still does um, just reminders you know you have reminders absolutely. you see something or you hear something on the radio and you think oh my gosh that's their favorite song or yeah you know, you have memories of pictures and things like that. And Jordan happened. I did the um, I did the undie run every year. There's an undie run that um, the Colorectal Cancer Alliance uh, sponsors, and I did the undie run. What is that undie? What do you mean? They uh, they they give you a pair of boxers. I mean, I was all dressed, but oh. I had this, it's the <laughs> yes. undie run, so that they it's just their oh, kind of. Oh, is that how they do it? Yeah, okay. they do an undie run. So I did the undie run, and I asked Jordan if he would make me a playlist to run to while yes. I was doing it and he did and I listened to it and after after he died I listened to it more and more and there were definite messages in there with some of the songs that he chose that he knew that right. he was not going to survive and they were messages for you there. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There were. So when do they have this on D-Run? Is there an annual? Oh, gosh. when? Well, March is colorectal cancer awareness month. March is? Okay. March is. Mm-hmm. And I honestly can't remember the date because it was truly just Oh, that's okay. Before, we, I can find it before, just before we air COVID. this. Yes. Just before COVID. Was, yeah. And can I share some statistics with you? I would love for you to because I, I don't know a lot about colon. You know, I always, you know, we talk about colon cancer. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we don't really get into, so I would love for you to tell the listeners a little bit more about it. It's really becoming more and more of a young person's disease. It's not so much your 80-year-old uncle or your elderly grandmother or anything. It's becoming more and more of a young person's disease. Um, It is the second leading cause of death, of cancer deaths among men and women combined in the U.S. It's the second leading. Second leading Because you know heart disease is number one for women. Mm-hmm. This is the second leading cause of cancer deaths among men and women. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Of all cancers, colorectal cancer will take the most lives of people under 50 by the year 2030. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. The most lives. Oh. One in 23 men and one in 26 women will be diagnosed with colorectal cancer. Oh, my gosh. 
um, by 2030, early onset diagnosis, which is what Jordan had, early onset is really anybody under, now 45, the screening age has, they brought it down to 45 from 50. So if you... It's still not, you know what I mean? Like yes. thinking about Jordan's journey. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't understand that. But it's in, it's predicted to increase by more than 140%. 27,000 people under 50 will be diagnosed with colorectal oh cancer gosh. by 2030. And this is the one that bugs me the most. Uh-huh. There are more than 20 million Americans eligible for colorectal cancer screening who have not been screened. Oh get screened, yes. get your colonoscopy, get your Cologuard. There are other less intrusive ways to be screened, right. but get screened. And if you have symptoms, be your own advocate. Talk yes. to your doctor. Talk to your doctor. Don't stop until they listen to you. Right. I mean, it, you know your body. And I think a lot of times with um, digestion and you just think, oh, it's just me. Like, I'm just going through something or, you know, it's stress or it's this. You don't. Sometimes the signs that you see, and I've talked to doctors about, like, let us know the signs, mm-hmm. you know, especially when we were talking about heart disease, because women, it's, we don't get the signs like men do, mm-hmm. you know, so that's why it's that silent killer. But with the colonoscopies and, uh, you know, even endoscopies, mm-hmm. I don't, did I say it right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I get my words all messed up, but I feel like we think that you got to wait till you're 50. Right. You know, with any type of... I guess if your medical doesn't cover it, a lot of people don't want to pay out of pocket. I mean, will it be cover at a young age, or you have to wait till you're 45? Well, insurance, so that's another topic that we probably don't even want yes, to right. right That'll now. be another you know, podcast. <laughs> um, there is a program called Colonoscopy Assist where they will find um, a place for people. Fortunately, we live in Pittsburgh. Um, and there are multiple places around here that uh, participate with the colonoscopy assist. And you can get a colonoscopy um, and the screening for probably about $1,200. Okay. And, that's, and that's still incredibly I expensive. I know. Uh, but that is certainly an Better an option. than your life, mm-hmm. right? I mm-hmm. mean, yeah. I mean, it's... So tell us now, Lynn, what have you been doing um, to just keep this legacy alive? I talk about them all the time. Yes. I talk about Jordan all the time. I look for signs. I call them Jordan winks. Yes. And I see your tattoo. Yes. And I will I will live well for us both. And oh. it's got the... Uh, his initials? His initials and the colorectal cancer ribbon, which is the blue ribbon. The oh, and also this month, if you, uh, on social media, it's called a strong arm selfie. If you take a selfie of yourself with a flexed arm and put the hashtag strong arm selfie, um... Every time you do one of those, they donate a dollar. Oh. Cancer Alliance donates What month a is that? It's all the time. But now, until Labor Day, they are doing $2. I'm not every- sure if this is going to air after Labor Day, but um, yeah, that's something to know. Yeah, just a strong arm selfie. If you take it and you do the hashtag strong arm selfie, that's a dollar towards oh, colorectal cancer I guess. research. So they're doing research and they're raising money and they're having, mm-hmm. they're having that 5K run and other things like that. Mm-hmm. So keeping Jordan's... Memory Alive, I talk about them. I look for the Jordan Winks, and we see them all the time. Um, sometimes they're very crazy. Uh, I also, When you say Winks, you mean like... A sign from him. 
yeah. that he's, you know, that I see him or that he right. sends some sort of message. And so those are I believe points. in all those signs. Oh, I do too. And like birds, like if they come and just like the strangest thing will happen, you know, and you're just like, uh, my son, you know, not to talk about that again, but he was umpiring and he went to his car and he actually saw a vision. He thought it was my stepdad who passed away mm-hmm. and he passed away during COVID and he was like, mom, it looked just like him. And he had the same dog. He was, and he said hi to me. And he said, I love it. Yeah. And he said, I, I can't. And I said, it happens. You might've turned around and he might have been gone. Yeah. You know, you just don't like those kind of things. I, I get the chills thinking about that. Yeah. You have to be open to it. You yes, really do. You really you, do. You've got to be aware and you've got to be open. Keep to the it. love and the connection and the communication alive. Mm-hmm. So now you were telling me off air, hon, that you're a death do. Doula or doula? I'm a death doula. Doula. But to backtrack just a little bit, yes. uh, I'm also become involved in the color, fight for colorectal cancer and um, awareness. And I'm a 2021 uh, national ambassador for fight uh, the fight colorectal cancer. Oh, okay. Agency. Wow. So there's a group. I think there were 20 of us, and every year there's a group of ambassadors that are survivors, that are family members, that are um, medical community people that become ambassadors and we're to spread the word on getting the word out there about colorectal cancer and prevention and signs and all of that. So that is part of what I've done. But also with Jordan's death, spending that very last night with him, I was really his death doula. Right. Um, And going back even further, when my grandfather passed away, uh, 20, oh my goodness, Jordan was three years old, uh, my grandfather had congestive heart failure. And uh, about six months after he was diagnosed with that, he, he died. And we were all at the hospital with him. And I knew, I know that some people can't pass when their loved ones are in the room or near them. Yes, and they that can't is. Relax. Yes, I heard that too. And my grandfather was really having some angst towards the end of his life. And my, my grandmother was there. Both of my aunts, one aunt lived close, and the other one had come up from Tennessee to spend time and help take care of him. Right. And I knew that he wasn't going to die unless they left the room. Left the room. So I said, you know, maybe you should go and get Grandpa's names off of the bank accounts. That way you won't have to have any trouble with that. Go and do that. And truly, I think they were at the end of the hallway, and the man began to relax and began to to die and he really needed that Um, and then back in 2011 my uh, father-in-law had had surgery and uh, never really came back from that he went to Providence Point near us for rehab after his surgery and ended up passing away there and my mother-in-law and I were the ones that were with him there and I've just I've always been comfortable in that environment right and spending that last night with Jordan that really solidified um my purpose like, listening to the call right listening to the call so I happened to find something I don't even know how I find it but it was on social media and I had had a friend whose husband had passed away the September before Jordan and I said to her you know there really should be someone to help us with this and help us through right this, this grief and, and, yeah. and I found out about the University of Vermont um, end of life doula program and looked into that and did that the November so it was the November after Jordan died 
and completed that course and have dedicated myself to death positivity um, and offering people services where you can have a good death. It it can be a a good death, and it's a subject that we should all talk about. We should make our wishes known. We should tell people what we want. Right. We should all have our wills. We should all have all that stuff in place so that your family doesn't have to. So you feel more at ease. I know that sounds, you know, awful, but for the loved one that is suffering and going through you know, something so tragic and cancer or anything that they've gone through. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, people die so suddenly that they didn't have a chance to really, because you don't think I'm going to die at, you know, my 20s, my 30s, you know. So I think by having that, having Mm -hmm. that person say to you, it's okay. It's okay to be prepared, you know, and know what you want and know what, you know, what you're going to do with your family and your Mm -hmm. friends and what you're going to leave or what you want to say or, you know, I just... It's true. A lot of this suffering sometimes when people go through to journal or to write a book, a lot of people feel like then you can see through their eyes like what they're going through. Mm-hmm. You know? And I've become very involved uh, with a group called Pittsburgh Community Death Care. Oh, I didn't even know there was one. Pittsburgh Community Death Care. It's made up of uh, celebrants, of doulas, of hospice people, of morticians, um, of grief workers, and our group is really trying to promote death positivity, yes. uh, and that it's something that should be planned for and something that should be talked about. Right. And uh, so I'm very involved with with that group. Uh, we have people who reach out to us for help. I think I said to you in the beginning before we were on air that uh, if you give people the opportunity to talk about death, they have questions. Right. They want to talk about it. Exactly. You know, they're afraid to. Yes. If you talk about death, it's not going to bring your death any sooner. You I know. know. You just I need know. To... You don't know when God wants, you know. Mm-hmm. But now, to be a part of this Pittsburgh community, um, can you join, or is there somewhere they can look for it? Or We have a website. website. Okay, that's what PGH I thought. pghdeathcare.com. We have a website. And we also, we have socials. We just had one this past Sunday. We have socials where people can come and talk to us and talk about what interests them in death and uh, become a part of their group, our group, if they would like. We also, uh, there are, there's Death Cafe Pittsburgh. Death cafes have been around for a very long time. Oh my God, I and did not know this. Death Cafe, it's a, we have a Death Cafe Pittsburgh group and you just come and talk about death. It's basically, let's eat cake and talk about death because yes. you typically have snacks and, and tea. Right. And you talk about death. This is not a support group. It is something to just talk about death and what people right. how they relate to it and because um, everybody's journey and like you said everybody sometimes people just go into not a hole but they don't want to talk about it you know they just feel like the more they talk about it, the more upset they're going to be mm-hmm and when you go to a funeral home and people are looking, oh, you know, he lived a good life or she lived a good life, and they're talking amongst themselves, and there's always that room where you can go get some snacks and stuff. And I think that that's a way of people coming together with the food and not rejoicing, but kind of honoring his life, mm-hmm. the person's life that has passed away. Mm-hmm. But it's hard in those settings that day. You know, you leave, and the loved ones and the family are still there and you know you leave and go about your whole day mm-hmm. and your life mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, this, do you see strangers with this? I mean, do you see people that you, do you go into any hospitals or any retirement homes or anything like that? I have not. I, I was volunteering for a local hospice for a short time. Uh, the volunteer coordinator left at that point, and it, there was no real follow-through. Um, but services that death doulas offer, they augment and they complement the services that hospice can offer. It would be quite lovely if hospice would bring on death yes. doulas. Yes. Um, we can, you can either work with the family, you can work with the person who is dying. Uh, it's, you, you meet the person where they're at. Right. Sit vigil, just sit with that person, sit with the family, listen to what they have to say. We're merely just a presence that is helping that person and that family go through this journey. Um, whether it is as simple as offering, you know, like a, um, an essential oils diffuser right. or talking with someone and writing down their, their wishes, writing down their legacy, writing down things that are, to, are important, important to them. doing things around the house. It's just there as a way of support to help oh, people who are grow, going through the last um, days or weeks right. of their life. Lynn, I I look at you and I think, what a wonderful woman you are. Oh, thank you. I mean, it takes a strong, strong person to do that, to be around death and to be around people that are suffering because, you know, you know how it feels. And for them to know your story, then they feel that, okay, well, because I think a lot of people will say to you, and, and this is so true, oh, well, you never experienced it. You have no idea how it feels. And it's so hard because you don't, you're not in that person's position. You don't know how it feels. But Mm -hmm. what do you say to people about that? We're all battling something that no one has any idea of what we're battling. And you really just have to be kind to each other. Because I think the hardest thing, too, is what do you say? Sometimes there's no words to say. It sucks. Yeah. Just say it really sucks. Yes, and I'm mad. No, yes, I'm really I'm mad. mad. Really pissed off. Yes. You know, he's I'm, not in a better place. I, he's no longer suffering. Right. And I know that. Yes. He's in a better place. God had a different plan. Right. You know, none I know. of that, no, those are not words of comfort. No. Just sitting there holding someone's hand, saying, This sucks, and I'm, I'm here. here with you right exactly. now. Exactly. And and that yes. that means that means absolutely everything. Yes, and I, I'm oh, just I'm just in awe with you because I didn't I didn't even hear of these places. So if there's somebody out there that would like to be a volunteer or that maybe needs your service, so they should go to the website. They can go to Pittsburgh Community Death Care. Okay. I'm listed on there as a doula under education and um, as a death doula. Okay. Uh, I recently formed the LLC Promise Me Mama, and that's at the very beginning stages. I've done the LLC. I have my insurance. uh, I'm taking a small business class tomorrow. Now, what is that going to be about? It's going to be about um, offering end-of-life planning and end-of-life support for people so I can work with people on helping to plan their their legacy, helping them plan their funeral, helping them plan what they want in place when the time comes for them to die, what they what that looks like to them, the things that are important to them. And that's really what I would like to do. Um, Through this process, too, through the the hospice that we worked with, with Jordan, Jordan is, he's, it's considered a green burial. Jordan was uh, cremated. And we found out about, it's called Penn Forest Natural Cemetery. 
and it is out in Verona, PA. It is one of the most spiritual, beautiful places on earth. Where is it at? It's in Verona. Verona? Okay. Mm -hmm. It's called Penn Forest Natural Cemetery. And what they do there is they do whole body burials. The body cannot be embalmed. The body has to be in either a shroud or a biodegradable box, and the body is buried. Um, There are no big gravestones there. There are just small markers that tell you where a person is. And Jordan is a tremation. We took Jordan's cremains, his uh, cremated remains, and... Uh, we picked out a tree. He is a Dawn Redwood. Okay. Which is a beautiful, fast-growing tree. And we had his service out there, and uh, the chaplain from the hospice that worked with him, she performed the service for us, and his little tree was in a... Um, uh, wagon that we brought down to, I planned the whole service and we brought down to where his tree was. Jordan was a huge craft beer fan, oh, so yeah. we had the service down there and we poured in a couple of his favorite beers oh. and then we all took turns putting his cremains in there and put the tree on top of it. Mm-hmm. And that tree, when we did that, it'll be two years in August that we did his, his tremation and his service. Um, the tree was probably maybe three feet tall at that point. I was there on Sunday. It's got to be close to 10 feet tall right <gasps> oh now. I can't goodness. even reach my hand up as, as high as he is. You're He's thriving. It's beautiful. Aww. We put one in our backyard at our house. Yes. Um, and there are some of his remains in there, too. Yes. So, Aww. And it's a, it's a gorgeous tree. And just a little Jordan wink. Um, when I was studying uh, through the University of Vermont for my death doula certification, one of the projects we is either we had to take a walk in nature or we had to find a labyrinth. What is that, honey? A labyrinth? Yeah. A labyrinth, it's a circular thing. I, I don't know the whole description of it, but there is only one way in and one way out. Okay. You have to follow the path. There is one down at the waterfront at okay. Homestead, and there is a website. I think it's Find a Labyrinth. You can Google Find a Labyrinth. And I really wanted to do a labyrinth, and I found that there is one at Southminster Church right in Mount Lebanon. Oh, okay. There's a labyrinth right there. Right. I've driven by that hundreds and hundreds of and times. And didn't even know. And didn't even know yeah. it was there. So I found that, and I said, all right, I'm going to go and do the labyrinth there. Walking along there and just in my thoughts and thinking about Jordan, thinking about the rest of my family. Mm -hmm. And I happened to look down and there is a little bitty branch and a dawn redwood is considered a conifer which evergreens and stuff are conifers, but it doesn't have needles. It looks like needles, but they are little leaves. And I looked down and there was a little branch and I said, boy, that looks like a dawn redwood. And I picked it up and I looked at it and I looked to my right and there is, it is probably 150 feet tall, a mature dawn redwood. And I looked at, oh I picked that up, and I gosh. said, oh, Jordan, that was a good one. That was a yes. really good one. Yes. He was so giving you a sign. He was. So every time I drive by that, I look at that. Dog you look at that, Riaz. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. God I bless. I, I'm just I'm fascinated by your courage, your bravery, and, you know, what you've been through and what you're doing now. Because now you're you're putting all this into, like, helping someone else that may be going through something like this. I hope to. Yeah. yeah. Because you don't know 
until you experience, you know, how you're going to feel and how you have to get what you have to do, because I'm, I'm sure it's overwhelming to anybody. And even when you know it's coming, it yes. still doesn't sink in. Like you're like, no, it's still not going to happen. Like there's going to be a miracle or something's going to happen. But I think by doing this and having all these services for people is just one of the, like the death cafe Pittsburgh group Mm -hmm. that, you know, just to go there and sit there and talk because we don't as Americans, I don't know. What do you think, Lynn? Do you think it's like, why don't we talk about it? Do you think it's because we're scared? Mm -hmm. I do. Yeah. I think it's because we're scared. It's because you're not supposed to talk about that. It's one of those things, if I talk about it, is it going to become a reality? Right. But that's the one thing we all have in common. We're all going to die. Right. We are all going to die at some point. And if we can make it something that's beautiful, right. uh, we have to do that. Death positivity. Death positivity. I love that. Mm-hmm. And that might even be one of close to our title. Death positivity, Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, we do put so much sadness and, you know, we wear black and we think that, you know, we have to mourn. And yes, we do. We mourn, you know, and, you know, we cry and we just, we, we never forget. But it's, that's, to me, the hardest thing is that the sadness that we have in our hearts, you know. And it is sadness. There is, I have a, oh, and I'm probably going to um, mess it up. It is a Cahill um, like Gibran quote. quote. Okay. That I ha- it's a little tile that I have hanging in my bathroom. Well, that's okay because you can take a picture of it. We can put it on. I will. I yes. will. I don't want to mess up the quote, but it that your sadness is because of something that was a delight to you. Right. You're so sad because it was something that was that was, your, su- was such a delight. joy. Yes, you yes. had such a joy with this, and now it's gone. And many people say grief is love. There's a woman who wrote a wonderful book. Grief uh, is love. Yeah, yeah, grief is love. Marissa, I, I'll get you her name, and she wrote it after losing her mother. Yeah. And grief is love. It's really the purest expression of love. Right. You're grieving something that has been a huge love and a huge part of your heart. Right. Right. Because you you know you might not see them physically. But they're still in your dreams, in your mind, in your soul, and everything is such a reminder. And you have your grandson, mm-hmm. you know, so he's like a reminder. And and my Jordan saved his brother Jared's life. He honestly did because Jared had a colonoscopy at twenty five, twenty five or twenty six, and they found they only did it because of his brother's condition. Right. And he had no symptoms, but they found five significant precancerous polyps. <gasps> and he goes, he has to go every three years. He goes for his next one on August 8th. Oh, my. How old is he now, hon? 29. So he was 26. Mm-hmm. So he's he was he's younger than Jordan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yes. That's and a sign. So, uh, it is, and Jordan, and I know that Jordan hung on to that. Yeah. I know that Jordan really did, and that he that he saved. Right, because and I believe that he has saved other lives because oh, yes. other people. We have talked about this: the importance of getting screening. Right. I had a woman that I work with. My husband's having these issues. My husband, what should he do? Get the screening. I said, please go to the doctor. Right. Don't leave until the doctor agrees to give you this and the fact right. that our medical community at no fault of their own they're in the business of saving bodies right they're not in the business of saving the quality of life right and that's just ingrained that's what our medical community is is and that, we that's have, their purpose right but you have to consider someone's quality of life 
Exactly. And, you really, and if someone is done, you have to respect that too. Mm-hmm. If you someone do. is done. Yes. And this path of mine that I'm on, I'm still on it. I really have no idea where it's going to lead me. I know it's it's leading me and it's the path that I'm supposed to be on. Right. But I'm taking the time and I'm not rushing it so I don't miss any of the signs that are there for me because I know that oftentimes if we want something we pursue it and we don't look around us to the signs that may be there just keep looking straight ahead I'm trying very hard to look at all the signs and the different options that I have so that I can do the best for me and the people that I will hopefully work with yes thank you so much for what you do and for sharing your story about your son and his journey and you know just your family and what you've turned around because you know Jordan said you know, Mama, take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And with promise you, promise me, Mama. Yeah, promise mm-hmm. me, Mama. I mean, that's you know, to me, he saying he said to you, Mom, do what you got to do because mm-hmm. you're strong, and he knows that you can do it. Mm-hmm. God bless. Thank you so much for Thank you. just being on Spill with Me, Jenny D, and talking about this. And I know it was hard, but I think like we were talking about this before, Lynn. The more we talk about it the more could help somebody else out there. Absolutely. Thank yes. you so much for this platform to be able to spread this. It's it's so important to me. It is. It's, it, it's very important for everybody to know that there are things out there. Death doesn't have to be sadness. Death can be love. Death can be. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank Absolutely. you so much, Lynn. Thank you this so was, much. I really, I, I I really appreciate the opportunity. You're a wonderful person. I'm so glad I got to know you. I'm so glad I got to meet you, too, after all these attempts. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> this was Spill With Me, Jenny D. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me with Spill With Me, Jenny D. You can be anonymous, planning on having guest speakers, or anyone who wants to share their life experiences on the topic we covered that week. I'm going to post all that on my Facebook and website, so you will see what I'll be talking about that week. So give me a call. I can pre-record and put you on my, my episode that day. I stress this. I personally feel to heal yourself is to talk about it. And if we can help each other instead of keeping it bottled up and just release it, I think that it's going to help all of us. And let's have a lot of fun. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Oh, I'm so excited. This is still with me, Jenny D.